1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Golden Star Resources second quarter 2020 results, conference call and webcast. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised, today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star zero. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Michael Stoner, Director of Investor Relations and Business Development. Thank you, please go ahead, sir.
2: Thank you everyone for joining our Q2 results call. Um, Just getting into the slide deck, if you could please note the disclaimer on slide two of the presentation. And for those who are on the call, not the webcast, the presentation is already available on our website.
3: Uh,
4: today, I'm joined by Andrew Ray, our CEO, Graham Crew, our COO,
5: Paul Thompson, our CFO, and Peter Spohr, our Head of Growth and Discovery.
2: Um, with that, please can I hand over the call to Andrew. Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, hi, everybody, and welcome again to the Golden Star Q2 results call. Uh, we're on slide four, and you can see there an overview which I'm sure most of you are familiar with, of our asset base in Ghana. Um, we've been undertaking, continue to undertake, significant work at both of our operating mines to unlock value. Wassa, uh, the focus has been on successfully growing volumes um, and also better understanding what is a very significant ore body. Prestea, uh, it's Optimizing the current mining area so we can stabilize that business and then adding volume over time to get it to the point where it's, again, a cash contributor. That is all within a sustainable business model that really makes a meaningful contribution both locally to the communities around our assets as well as nationally in Ghana. Moving on to slide five with... An overview there of the second quarter results that we announced uh, after market closed last night. Um, a solid quarter overall with good underlying improvement in the business. We've added cash to the balance sheet, we've reduced debt. The various different infrastructure type projects that WASA to set that up for the longer term have continued to progress. We've had good mining execution there. At uh, Presto, um, we faced challenges in the quarter with uh, COVID amongst them, but we continue to focus on setting up the second mining level on 17 level. And you know, as I mentioned, COVID, that's all against the backdrop of substantial disruption globally to movement supply chains, and we've navigated our way through that and continue to do so moving on to slide six um which is really a a transformational announcement and move for the business which we communicated yesterday which is the binding agreement we have reached for the sale of our bogoso press asset. Uh really this transaction helps to guarantee the future of that asset which as everyone knows has been through tough time, and we've got a plan to turn that around, and this, I think, puts them on a more stable long-term footing with a focused investor coming in, and then allows Golden Star post-closing to really focus all of its energy, resources, and financial capability on accelerating what we're doing at WASA. Um, the acquirer of that asset is a business called FGR, um, with a team that's got some really strong experience in the sector and in Africa, particularly in Ghana as well. So Ghana is certainly a jurisdiction they were targeting in order to start a business. Um, the CEO, Glenn Baldwin, is the former head of operations at Goldfields. Um, and there's a real commitment, I think, on their side to set up a business and use now, the turnaround of Bogus Press there is the foundation for that. As you can see at the bottom of that slide on slide six, we we've signed the definitive agreement and now there's a series, as ever, of conditions we've got to satisfy so that we can get to conclusion which we've targeted for the end of September, September the 30th. Moving on to slide seven in terms of the structure of the consideration of that transaction. Um, There are several elements to that. I think the objective from our perspective was to ensure that we had upside exposure as that operation continues to turn around and potentially develops further in the future. At the same time, as staggering some of the payments which will enable the incoming investor to focus their resource on supporting that turnaround. So, up front, there's around $25 million of working capital, um, which will come off our balance sheets and stay with Boguso Prestera and the new owner. And at completion, on top of that, a $5 million cash payment. So, that's the initial $30 million. Then, in July 2023, a further $15 million payment in 20, um, 2021. Uh, $10 million, I think the number's the wrong way around a little bit, and then $15 million in July 2023. So all in, that will be $30 million of cash plus the $25 million of working capital, so $55 million, and then there's a separate contingent payment there, as you can see on the right-hand side of the slide, which really relates to the potential future development of the refractory material which was mined historically there's over a million and a half ounces of resource and that's something that fgr have told us they're going to take a closer look at so should that be developed there's anything up to an additional 40 million payment to golden star so we think you know that's the right balance in terms of um Allowing and enabling investment and ensuring that as that happens we have exposure to the success of that and all of that as I said leaves Golden Star then with its full focus on developing WASA and accelerating what we're doing at WASA In terms of slide eight just flicking over and our guidance for the year as you'll have seen at the halfway stage, we're tracking at a consolidated level, fairly well in line with the expectations that we set out. Um, within that, WASA slightly ahead of where we thought it would be, Prestaya a little bit behind what we guided for it. So we've made some small adjustments there to the composition, but effectively, we haven't reduced that overall guidance. We've just tightened the range as we go into the second half of the year. And clearly as the Prestea sale closes um, at the end of September, then we'll update further for what that means for the balance of the year. Moving on to slide nine, where you can see there a little bit more detail around the range of community and health and safety initiatives the business have. And these range from malaria initiatives high rates of local procurement and you know virtually all of our workforce being Ghanaian Um, currently it is all Ghanaian because our expats are back in their home countries and Through to the oil palms business that we've set up to um, help Remediate and reclaim some of our historic tailings and provide pretty significant local employment. So a key element for us in maintaining strong relationships with our host communities. And then on slide 10, in terms of COVID-19, you know, I think those relationships I mentioned have been key to the response over the last, now four to five months um, to the challenge we've we've faced from the global pandemic and our response to that. And, you know, we work very closely with our communities um, but also with the government of ghana that's been very supportive you know we addressed the issue pretty early we had site controls from february pretty extensive education um significant screening and testing protocols at site we've now got pcr laboratory testing Equipment in where we can test at each of our sites, which is um, You know very very important to us in terms of the speed of testing and identifying Any issues as a company we've contributed nationally management and the board have contributed to Health initiatives and health infrastructure in our local communities And all of that say obviously some impact is inevitable. We've seen that at there and you know, I think clearly Covid nineteen remains a very real threat to our business as much as it does to pretty much any other business. but you know we put comprehensive response into that and succeeded in continuing to operate in that environment. So with that, I'll hand over to Graham to take us forward from slide eleven and twelve and talk about the assets in a bit more detail. Thanks, Andrew.
0: Um moving over to slide 12 just to talk about WASA for a little bit um I mean, if anyone needs any reminder I think most people on the call will be familiar with the scale of the WASA system um, definitely a solid quarter um, uh, in the uh, context of COVID that Andrew talked about and um, and in terms of projects continuing so um, really solid quarter uh, production wise, cost wise, um, and also starting to progress for some of the longer term plans for WASA. Uh, with that, moving over to slide 13, um, the Paceful plant, you can see the photo at the bottom left there, just the progress, uh, about 84% completion at the end of the quarter, so on track for completion, end of Q3, commissioning into Q4. Um, there was uh, the Part of the year, there was um, and the the pandemic. We were a little bit concerned about the supply chain, some of the equipment coming out of China, but um, have managed to maintain the critical path uh, on that project. Um, Similarly, with the electrical upgrade, um, that's a key enabler for the for the paste plant, but also the kind of lower mine infrastructure. Um, that is a little bit um, risk associated with that just with getting people into technical people into Ghana at the moment so you know we're working through uh, whether we can get some people in for the commissioning of that project or alternatively um, have started doing some work on testing some um, online uh, body
6: cameras and so on to to do that commissioning remotely Um, moving over to slide 14
0: just on the scorecard. Um, as we mentioned, just in terms of production volumes from underground, um, very strong quarter and four quarters in a row now above that 4,000 tonnes a day. Um, good, good, strong um, production from the underground team there. Again, in, in the context of um, enhanced uh, screening protocols, social distancing, Um, you know some concern about supply lines at the beginning of the quarter but we've managed to um, hold all of those and as Andrew mentioned good support from the government of Ghana there in terms of recognizing the mining industry as an essential industry um, for the community in terms of in terms of the grade also an improved improvement on quarter one as we moved into the more central parts of B shoot um, namely on 595 level 570 level um, a little bit on 620 so moving into those central portions and seeing the grade normalize uh, closer to the reserve grade um, also with the continued the low grade, um, opportunistically with the low grade processing during the quarter and it was pleasing to see the recovery stay
6: above 95% with that point that lower grade material in the in the blend. Uh, slide 15: um, The uh, costs, the unit
0: costs, certainly benefiting from the uh, productivity and uh, and you know slight increase in G&A. One of one of the impacts there of the um, uh, shipment changes having going from commercial flights to
6: to um, uh, chartered flights. You know, impacting those costs slightly. On to Prestea, moving on to slide 17. Um, I think, um,
0: again, I think most people are familiar with the with the work that's going on there. Um, it's been another challenging quarter, specifically on 24 level, um, but we've continued to work to uh, set up 17 level um, for long haul open stoping. Um, later in the year um, we did have some COVID impacts in Q2 at Prestia um, we had some some positive cases and within the contact trace at that point in time is being had to be managed through the Ghana Health Service so at one stage you know we had about 60 of our underground workforce tied up in contact tracing um, which impacted our ability to develop Um, and get set up in some of the stopes there so um, we focused through that we focused the attention on continuing to get 17 levels set up Um, the other COVID impact was just some equipment related um, delays. some of the small-scale mining equipment um, coming out of Europe um, was delayed by a couple of months and and but did um, first two pieces of equipment arrive late in the quarter and um, a couple
6: more um, arriving now early in Q3. Uh, moving on to slide 18, scorecard. Just I guess reflecting the um, the
0: production challenges um, on 24 level, the uh, you know tons and grade both both being down there as we um, continue to uh, experience. Um, mining or loss and dilution um, in those larger Alimax stopes uh, on the positive we're able to set up um, the northern block of 24 level so early in Q3 we started our first uh, first doping of the, the northern stopes in in 24 level um, which is an important milestone uh, we also completed during the quarter um, everyone be aware that we've been mining through some lower grade oxide material as as we've gone through Uh, that was completed during the quarter um, and uh, you know we're starting to see now the uh, the processing plant reflect um, you know the recoveries etc in in line with what we're seeing from the underground mine Um, again costs reflective of those volumes um, volume is quite low and the and the unit costs accordingly but but worth noting that we continue to invest in equipment and development in particular um, in seventeen
6: level uh, And with that, I'll hand over to paul to to talk about the financial results.
3: Thank you Graham. Um yes um is that... As has just been mentioned, we've had a really solid quarter. So, in terms of the financial results, they are a, a real solid set of results, actually. So, what we've seen is Wasele. We've seen the grade improving, and and the volumes coming through there as well. And as Grooms just said, in terms of Prestia, we're still seeing the actual impact of the turnaround and also the impact of COVID. <laughs> in terms of the production. Um, you can see there that we have uh, produced over 50,000 ounces in the quarter, and we've sold uh, just over 52, almost 53,000 ounces in the quarter. The reason for that discrepancy is because of the change in the flight schedules associated with COVID-19. So previously, we would use commercial flights, but we've had to go on to private charters. So there's a slight discrepancy there in terms of when we actually get paid for product. That will unwind as soon as we go back to commercial flights. Um, in terms of what we've realised of the price, on an overall basis, it's averaged at 16.26, and that splits in terms of the spot piece, which uh, which is at 17.20, and that actual decrease in terms of going to the total of 16.26. It is a consequence of the streaming agreement we have with Royal Gold. If we move on to slide 22, you can see here um, the actual net cash flow in terms of how the cash has been generated in the quarter. So we started the quarter with 49, uh, sorry, $41.9 million and then that increased to $45.1 million. So you can really see the cash generation coming through at WAFA in terms of the performance there. The cash generation was $28.1 million there, which was offset by the funding requirement that pressed there, which was $9.2 million. We've really tackled the balance sheet as well during the quarter. So we've reduced our working capital by just under $7 million, so $6.9 million. And this is in addition to what we were able to do during Q1, which also reduced working capital by 11 million. Other points to note for the quarter would be that we have also paid uh, our finance principal in terms of the 5 million in relation to the Macquarie term loan, and that's the first payment of principal. If we Look at the cash um, and, and our net debt position. Because of that timing difference I mentioned earlier in terms of the sales profile, had that sale actually happened within the quarter as opposed to being post-quarter end, the cash position would have been $48.9 million, and our net debt would have been 53.7. It's important to note that at quarter end, the actual net debt position was 57.5 and with that i'll pass over to peter he will cover off the exploration
6: and geology section
7: thanks paul and uh now on slide 24. okay so uh just a, a bit of an update on where we stand with exploration uh we had a pretty quiet uh, q2 with no no field activities due to COVID. we we suspended uh, our regional exploration programs just uh, during during the early phases just to limit the amount of people traveling in and out of uh, the mine sites uh, to to ensure that uh, we maintained our protocols so that time was spent uh, you know assessing the exploration strategy in the context of uh, the re- the significant resource increase at wassa and particularly in the inferred category during that was announced in the back end of q one um, and uh, on the back of uh, the you know, the potential uh, review or the reviews that we've been undertaking on our regional properties. Uh, despite this hiatus in activities, I guess uh, we, we plan, we still expect to complete the planned 2020 programs in the second half of the year. The budget's maintained at 6.2, split 35 uh, $3.5 million to capitalise and $2.5 million on expensed. Um, and uh, we expect the field activities to start regionally on the HPB, uh, projects from the beginning of August, and we'll recommence drilling at Wassa uh, um, around the beginning of September at this point. And I guess the focus, the, the, the real shift in strategy is now to, for the exploration group to step away from doing more infill drilling on the, on the southern extension infill uh, area, uh, the inferred area, sorry, and, and then start to focus on other in-mine and near-mine targets at Wassa in that regard. So if we go to slide 25 um, and just to talk, talk through this, Graham's already mentioned the scale. Uh, the the um, left to right on the map on the or the section the long section that's shown on the screen is two and a half kilometres of length, and then the bottom uh, blocks of the model are down at 1.4 kilometres depth. So you can see the the, the very large scale uh, system of, of the Wasser is. The purple and green blocks on the left hand side are the mined out areas. Uh, the grey blocks are the the reserve areas from 2019. Our focus really uh, going forward at this point um, within the mine is to, is to continue to drill out uh, down into the inferred resource extension block, uh, particularly in the upper levels, so that we can, as, as Graham mentioned, we can start to look at, a, at a, our five-year mine plan going forward. Um, at the same time, the exploration group will step away from drilling more holes in this inferred resource extension area, start to look at down dip up dip extensions of the main B chute load that's being mined currently I'll also be looking at parallel loads in the footwall and hanging wall and also start to look at some of the um, additional opportunities below some of the older pits that were mined using the knowledge that we've um, that we've pulled together from uh, understanding what the was system better so uh, though that that's uh, now, those targeting exercises are, are underway, and uh, we expect to you know, start to do some planning in the back end of Q3 in terms of what the programs are going to be looking like going forward um, for uh, 2021 in terms of near mine, in mine exploration. Uh, turning to slide 26, um, just zooming out a little bit, and, and uh, the big, uh, if you look at the map uh, inset on the left hand side, the Wassa 2242 label is the surface expression of the Wassa. Gold deposit shown in the soil geochemical uh, sampling. Um, essentially, what we're saying there is that the Wassa system's two and a half kilometers in strike extent. You can see with the arrows. Um, that's that's the current um, footprint of Wassa surface to the furthest extent of the underground drilling or the the southern extensions. And what we can see there is there's two parallel trends. One we are calling the Wassa corridor trends. Um, which inca- encapsulates uh, anomaly one and anomaly four, um, and then the SAC trend, which is further to the west, which includes the SAC one to two, one to three open pits but extends down through anomalies two and three. Both those trends are nine kilometres in extent and they have uh, multi kilometre gold anomalies uh, on them. Limited amount of drilling below 50 metres vertical, and in a lot of cases, all of the rab drilling that's been done there is no deeper than 25 metres. Um, vertical depth Um, and despite that uh, we uh, all of the anomalies have shown uh, gold anomalism in the red drilling uh, but there is uh, only a limited amount of uh, RC drilling ever been drilled on on the northern end of anomaly one so not only not only within the Wassa envelope um, and in an in mine area do we have potential but within one to ten kilometres of uh, the wasa plant on the mining license we have a series of very significant anomalies that require you know a strategy to be put around those so we'll be uh, looking at uh, that in some detail during q3 as well to make some plans on that uh, turning to slide 27 uh, and just zooming out so if you look uh, up in the top right hand corner of the map in the left hand on the left hand side you'll see the Wasser license i was just talking about the red star is the Wassa plant we have 85-kilometre haul road going all the way down to the bottom Red Star, which is Father Brown, uh, which has a small resource on it uh, in terms of potential underground, maybe sometime in the future, but not at this point. Um, along, that, uh, along that corridor and all the way down to the coast of Ghana, over 90 kilometres, we have around 350 square kilometres of licences with uh, more than 30 uh, gold anomalies uh, already identified or gold targets already identified either around existing um, or historically mined open pits um, or previously defined uh, anomalies through all of the so- over 15 years of soil and orga geochemistry so the plan really is um, and w- what we've been working through in Q2 and we'll continue to work through the remainder of this year is really to identify the top targets within these and and, and start to put together, Systematic programs to start drill testing a lot of these targets Um, and we're we're taking a little bit of a different approach in the strategy as Graham said um, in his presentation and and As you've seen from the Wassa ML potential I think there's quite frankly within 10 kilometers of the Wassa head frame or the Wassa plant there's significant potential to essentially meet the capacity of the current or the current capacity of the plant so the strategy we're starting to think about is, is there an opportunity for a possible standalone operation based in another gold camp somewhere down along this belt, looking at a one to two million ounce ore body that's capable of delivering maybe an open pit or an underground of you know, 100,000 to 150,000 ounces a year. And then on top of that, um, adding a satellite feed within some of these clusters. And, and that's the idea of putting the five and 10 kilometre circles around each of those license areas just to give people a feeling for scale and what might be tractable and, and and doesn't necessarily have to be tracked eighty-five kilometers back to Wassa. Um, so that's the, that's it from me uh, from the exploration side for now, and I'll pass back to Andrew.
2: Many thanks, Peter. Um, just before wrapping up, slide twenty-eight. Just to confirm what I mentioned on slide seven with respect to the Bogoslo prestea sale agreement, the, there's a typo on that slide. The ten million cash payment is 2021 not 2023 so michael will correct that the press release yesterday has all of the detail in it but just to make sure that people have understood that so in terms of q2 as i said at the outset a good quarter for the business um really driven by the performance at water and you know you put that plus the gold price together and you can see that's all reflected in the financial metrics that Paul ran through. The Bogus Oprester sale really put that mine on a stable long-term footing, and and it transforms Golden Star. And once that's closed, then we've got the capacity to focus all our efforts, as I said before, on accelerating what is still very significant growth potential from WASA. So I'll wrap up there and pass back to Jason for Q&A.
1: Certainly. At this time, if you would like to ask a question, I will remind you to please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Once again, that is star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. We will pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Raj Ray from BMO Capital Markets. Your line is open
8: thank you operator good afternoon andrew and team uh first of all congrats on, uh, on the announcement of the prestia uh, transaction um looking at q2 my first question is on the wasa grade it was good to see the grade come up closer to the reserve grade um can you give us uh, some idea about how much confidence you have with respect to maintaining or uh, growing the grade from or increasing the grade from here and uh, how, how much flexibility have you developed within the within the mine that can allow you to keep uh, or stabilize the grid going forward?
2: Do you have other questions, Raj? Do you want to get, just run through them all, and then I'll package them out to the team
6: or answer them myself? Okay.
2: No, so is that the only question you have, Raj, or do you have any other questions? Oh,
8: oh no, oh, also, oh, yeah, I do have another question around. Uh, your, around the mining cost, uh, is, it was $31 a ton um, this quarter. Uh, is that the level you expect to, to, for the mining cost to be at? And when the paste fill plant does become operational, how much additional cost uh, uh, do you expect to add on top of the, the current mining cost? And my third question is around your um, grade reconciliation, now, now that you have done um, a lot of the infill drilling, um, how's your mill reconciled grade comparing with your reserve grades for, for the areas that you are starting to mine now?
2: Perfect, thanks, Raj. Well, I think that's nice and easy the for Graham, so I'll hand over to Graham to deal with those. Um, I gonna Michelle say I know didn't Get them all, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, just on, on the grade, yeah, it was pleasing to see Raj, and I think I mentioned as we were going through, um, a lot of that's driven by the areas we were mining during the quarter. Um, I'm not going to promise you that we won't see any dips at WASA from here on in. We've still got a bit of work to do to really um, create that flexibility um, in the plan. Um, what we have progressed during the quarter is you know, starting to work on what the longer term could look like at Wasser and it really it really involves accelerating development, and uh, you know, sort of going from maybe three underground rigs to five or six, you know, contingent on the fact that we can get the drill platforms and get them drilling. Um, you know, and that's that's talking about starting to do some conversion in uh, blocks, you know, three and four and the B shoot as well. So, um, yeah, so so I think you know we one of the things we're working on. In that case, we've already been starting to push the development. You know, tracking the deep development much more closely, you know, making sure that we're getting we are getting ahead of the plan, and and, um, and the site the site team is doing well there. The pleasing things over the quarter were compliance to plan over the quarter, not just in terms of where we're scoping and producing from, but also in terms of development compliance um, and development productivity. Yeah, you know, we did think with COVID coming in early in the in the quarter that we might suffer um, from development. Yeah, that that's where we do have some expat resource. Um, we thought we might suffer from that um, over the quarter, but there was a little bit of a dip at the start, but we've managed to um, to pull that back. So so pleasing. I can't I can't yet promise that we won't have um, any any grades any quarters where you know there is we are mining some of those lower um, grade areas
2: particularly on
0: the periphery um, but what we are progressing towards is being able to um, schedule our way around that so we've got a better better mix of material both from the core of the ore body and from the periphery um, in the second question in terms of mining cost yeah I think
3: it's pretty fixed
0: Cost base, and you know, obviously there's there is some variable costs in line with production, but um, you know we see both in the mining cost and the processing
5: costs
0: a pretty direct relationship between um, the tons that we get through versus those per ton unit costs. So um, maintaining that level and you know incrementally improving that level of production um, should see that level of cost maintained. Um, you, know, you know, that being said, I think you know even we, you know, are pleasantly surprised um, that you know it is it is reflecting that relationship. So, um, so assuming that we can keep that production rate going, that's where we should see the costs. in terms of the paste. Um, we're talking about six to seven dollars per ton mined um, additional cost when the paste bill comes in. But of course, what we get for that. Is you know roughly an extra sort of 30 to 40% per level where we can we can mine those secondaries and that gives us also gives us a bit more flexibility um, around the grade mix. Um, reconciliations, yep, we've done we've done quite a bit of work during the quarter on reconciliations, both from a um, kind of sampling and and lab procedures point of view. And also just looking at you know drill hole spacing studies and where it needs to be tighter or where it can be can be widened etc I think that there's still um, again between the core of the ore body I think we're, we're pretty good there when we start to get to the periphery and we get those narrow sort of intersections of grade that's where we still that's where we still see some reconciliation and we do tend to overestimate the grade a little bit in those in those periphery areas, so that's something that we have progressed during the quarter.
6: Um, and as we as we go into the budget model for next year, I think there'll be some improvements in that.
1: Your ne- answers
6: three questions. Yeah, yeah, that's
8: that's good. Thank you, thank you, Graham.
1: Your next question comes from the line of. Tycho Ely from H.C. White. Your line is open.
9: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my questions.
2: Can you hear me all right? Hi, okay. hi, yeah, yeah, Wonderful. Yep, Thank you. Uh,
9: just two quick ones for you. Um, you mentioned in the release that the increase in the gold price uh, in Q2 resulted in the higher royalty payments to so the government of Ghana. Um, With the current COVID pandemic, obviously everyone's looking for sources of revenue and with gold at 19-something right now, one might think that that would be a uh, source of funds that they're looking at. Can you just remind us what pricing you currently expect at the current gold price and uh, if there has been any conversations with the government in regards to amending um, your, your agreement with them?
2: Okay, and the other question,
9: Heiko, do you want to give it to me now? And then the, the other one I had was, uh, and, and I assume your answer is going to be no, but uh, I'm just going to quote your Prestia uh, sale press release for a second here. You got in there looking for other opportunities to further expand their business. Uh, just to confirm, you're, you're not looking at any particular assets at, at this point in time. I mean, you only got $5 million in hard cash on, on the sale of this uh, asset. So I assume it's fair to say that you are currently not looking at specific assets, right?
2: Thanks, Heiko. Um, let me deal with the, the, both the questions. So on the first one, in terms of government payments, I mean, you're absolutely right. Every single government in the world under fiscal pressure as they've responded to COVID-19. Um, you know, Ghana has been actually very proactive. I mean, what I would say is they have allowed the mining industry as a critical industry to continue working. The mining industry has contributed towards various different initiatives in country. And really with the gold price going where it is, it means not only the royalty payments, but tax contributions going up. So if you just look at WASA and you look at, in terms of, you know, what we've reported so far in the year and, you know, you put that, into the second half of the year, and you forecast forward, then between corporate tax and royalties alone, let alone all of the other tax and um, indirect contributions, that's going to be a $50 million contribution to the government of Ghana this year, which is a very significant step up. So, you know, there's that natural step up with the gold price. In terms of any specific initiatives, we 're not seeing anything um, there's elections in Ghana in December um, you know as with pretty much any country in the world there'll be noise around the elections but you know at this point in time no specific talk around any changes to the fiscal regime and as I say the industrys by definition going to be making a much more significant contribution this year with the gold price where it is um, on your second question with respect to future expansion of the business. Yeah, this is part of our strategic objective. Um, you know, it doesn't imply that we go from one day to the next and, and we're buying assets, but certainly it's part of our consideration now going forward. We've got to close the Bogasso Prestare sale first, so a fair bit of hard work over the next two months to complete that. And then, you know, clearly the short term focus on WASA, but you know, we remain alive to opportunities where I think we'll be a much more attractive counterparty for anyone at that point in time in terms of cleaned up balance sheet and one core, very high quality asset. So, hopefully that answers the question um, and the first one as well, but let me know if not, Heiko. Uh,
9: No, it does, thank you very much and uh, stay safe. Great, thank you, you too.
1: Your next question comes from the line of Bryce Adams from CIBC. Your line is open.
5: Uh, Good morning, Andrew and team. Thanks for taking my questions. Uh, Three questions that I'll I'll pitch here. Um, So, firstly, on the $40 contingent payment, obviously uh, pretty hard to say what the FGR team will do, but do you have any expectations on the potential timing of that? For example, would you expect the first tranche within five years? Uh, the second question is also on Prestia. So the timing of the Prestia transaction comes just a few months uh, before the long hole stoping was expected to ramp up and improve the operations. Was there a consideration to wait a few quarters and determine how successful the new mining method would be? Or from what you saw in the first stopes, did it highlight challenges, uh, potential challenges with long hole stoping? Uh, the, the third question is a Raj follow-up question. So great to see the grades uh, step up quarter over quarter at WASTA. On the last conference call, you highlighted that the lower grade stops were completed, and at the time of the Q1 call, you were seeing some higher grades uh, come up the decline. I was wondering if you could touch on the underground grade profile uh, month by month for April, May, June, and maybe what you've seen in July so far as well.
2: Thanks. Thanks, Bryce. Um, I'll take the first two, then I'll pass to Graham for the third one. And in terms of the contingent payment and timing of that, um, in short, it's impossible to say. But I think, you know, what I would say is that um, in the conversations with FGR, you know, a clear attraction to them is the sulfide material. And they've been very clear that they want to start taking a look at that once they take the operation over. So I think it is a priority for them. And obviously, with the gold price, you know even since we started talking to them two, three months ago, gold price is a few hundred dollars higher, so that probably focuses thinking particularly around proven material but proven material that's obviously gold price dependent so you know I would have thought that will probably sharpen the focus a little bit, and you know hopefully sooner rather than later, but we've really put those payments in so that at any point that gets considered you know we've got some reasonable exposure to that um, you know in terms of press um, we've been considering for some time the strategy and what we would do, and I think you know as we've progressed through the operational changes we've made as we've developed a more coherent longer term plan we've seen inbound interest that we engaged with and you know, we still see 17 level as being critical. Uh, we prioritized development of that level actually during Q2 when we were short underground workers because of COVID-19. So we prioritized bringing that on stream versus 24 level. And that's still on track for the end of the year. And, you know, we still believe that's going to give that operation the real step up it needs in terms of volumes, additional higher-grade material to then carry its cost base and start to contribute. So it isn't a reflection of how we see the asset. I think it's more the strategic decision that we took that, you know, we want to focus higher power and resources we've got on WASA because we believe we'll, as a business, see a higher return there. And then somebody else can focus their investment capacity on Presta, Bogaso, where – you know, there's a clear plan, a plan in place to get that back on an even keel by the end of the year. And then there's the upside, as we said, of the sulphide material. Um, on the grade at Wasser, Graham, I'll pass that one to you. Thanks. How are you doing, Bryce?
5: Very well, thanks. Uh, just uh, on the grade at Wasser, I mean, the, the profile over the quarter
0: was reasonably flat. Um, the, as, as I think, as we reported coming into Q2, we sort of right towards the end of Q1, uh, we'd mined out some of, of some of those periphery stopes, um, and we're coming more into the central portions of the ore body. So that that's what's come through um, in the grades over the quarter. Um, coming into Q3, there's been a little bit of a little bit of a dip in grade, um, but. But also sort of coming back to the second half of this month. So, um, yeah, it's it's all about you know the, the mix of scopes at any at any given time. I think you know you and I have talked about before that there's about of the uh, grade profile at Wasa. There's about 25% of all of the scopes that are above reserve grade, and the rest are you know reserve grade you know, down to cut off. Um, so you're sort of relying on. Um, one in four sort of high-grade stops, um, sort of helping you maintain that grade average what we're what we're doing and what we're still aiming to do is you know give ourselves flexibility in the schedule um, as we schedule that out to be able to you know mine at much closer to reserve grade quarter in quarter out um, as I said to Raj not quite ready to promise you know zero quarters um, significantly below reserve grade,
5: but certainly
0: making good progress down that um, strategy.
5: Yeah, got it. So for the sh- short-term planning, engineers' uh, focus is on a on a stable grade profile rather than trying to optimise
0: it. Yeah, and and really, you know, what we've been working on is is um, schedule compliance. Now, you, you know, you and I both know in an underground mind that sometimes, you know, this stuff doesn't quite work out or this happens, you've got to, you've got to adjust the plan. Um, but it, it's, it's really about, you know, development compliance, stoking compliance, because at least then we're more predictable of, you know, okay, we know we've got a lower grade quarter coming up because that's what the plan shows us. Um, rather than go, oh, hang on, scratching our head, no, hang on, why, why isn't the grade coming up now? Oh, hang on! It's because we're mining these stokes. We need to we need to go over here. So, just just getting more information in front of the plan enables us to be more proactive with the scheduling.
5: Yeah, got it. Maybe just one last follow up on that one, and it's related to development and uh, pushing that in front of the production profile. What's how far in front is the development um, headings at the minute? Are you six months in front of the current production profile, or where's that sitting? Yeah, so we
0: we bro- we've broken into the um, 520 level, so we're we're at one and a bit levels ahead, and yeah, the the you know because of those those levels, will last a couple of years, and you know that's not to say we're two years ahead in development though, because we've we've got to still get in there, get footwall drives in, and we've got to get drill platforms and get drilling as well. Um, so. So, we're in a better position than we were this time twelve months ago, um, but still still don't have that development stock or drilling stock as far ahead as we would like it um, at this stage. Certainly certainly we've been talking about that in terms of next year's budget. I'd see an increase in drill rigs next year um, with available drill sites um, to be able to accelerate that. You know one of one of the issues we have because we've been you know outperforming on tonnage. Uh, we consume that uh, drilling stock um, a little bit quicker as
6: well, so we've got to adjust. We've got to adjust that in the plan.
5: Perfect. Uh, thanks both. Uh, appreciate the extra color. Um, stay healthy and talk to you again. Thanks, boss. Thanks, Bryce.
1: Your next question comes from the line no. of Don Demarco from National Bank Financial. Your line is open.
4: Hi. Good morning, everyone. Uh, gentlemen, three quick questions. I'll just give them all to you now. Um, first off, how long do you expect to supplement feed from stockpiles? If you give, and, and if you could give an indication of the stockpile grade through and throughput that we could expect. And the second question, looking at, I think you've got 500,000 ounces of pit reserves. Could they be practically mined? And if so, what quarter? I think grade is about one and a half grams per ton. So what throughput might we expect? And then finally, Pristeya has had some COVID impacts. What's the status of the COVID situation at Wassa? Thanks.
2: I'll hand it over to you. Thanks, Don. I think probably, Graham is easier for you to go through the three of those. Yep.
0: Um, yeah, su- supplementary feed um, with some of the low-grade um, stocks from the open pits. Um, there's about um, 250,000 tons or thereabouts remaining on those stockpiles and there you know could be a bit of scratching around for exactly what's there um um and i think we've sort of put that in the plan for the rest of this year at around a thousand tons per day um and uh and it's sub one gram material so um yeah and a really you know really opportunistic on the on the gold price in terms of the um Open pit reserve, um, really that's just where that's located in relation to the underground infrastructure um, and the surface infrastructure um, supporting the underground mine. Um, Currently, Mm -hmm. it's late in the schedule. Um, So, we've been looking at a couple of options of how we can potentially bring that forward or potentially even uh, mine it from underground and, and bring value forward that way. Um, that's work in progress, uh, that's something that we'll look pretty closely at um, sort of over the coming quarter and, and see where we can um, potentially put that into the schedule.
6: Um, and the third question was on Prestia, sorry Don, just remind me.
4: Uh, yeah, it was just on, uh, well actually just give give, give them a bit more clarity on um uh, the open pit you said it it's where it's located yeah. in relation to the underground infrastructure how far is it to the underground infrastructure and then my third question just had to do with the status of the COVID situation at Wassa. Oh, that's right sorry I was
0: too slow writing my notes um, in in terms of the infrastructure it sort of it bottoms out the pit bottoms out on some of the stoping areas in the upper areas of the mine so um, very, very close, so we'd have to look pretty closely at that reserve um, in terms of crown pillars and things to to be able to go ahead and mine it as an open pit in the short term um so yeah, so that's why we're looking at uh, potentially some other options that we can we can bring those ounces forward into the plan. Obviously, if we do it from underground the uh the cutoff grade would be higher, um, but we could potentially do it much sooner.
5: Um, so lose, okay.
0: you would lose some of the answers to the cut-off, but you would, you would bring it earlier in the plan. Um, in terms of the okay. COVID situation, um, yeah, Prestia, we saw in the quarter, we saw, initially we saw cases at Takwa, um, which I think impacted on the operations at Goldfields. Mm-hmm. And Takwa is very close to uh, bogoso Township. Um, so we were sort of on... On uh, watch at Prestia earlier, Wasser is a little bit more uh, remote. Um, so there were sort of cases, community transmission cases around Prestia earlier than what we saw around Wassa. Um, so and and it was at that stage in terms of management, um, every, any suspected case was being managed by Ghana Health Service. Um, that's relaxed a little bit now it's going to help service sort of reach their um, their capacity and, and obviously um, mining companies in particular including us have ramped up their ability to be able to um, help manage those those cases so there was real lags in terms of um, testing getting test results back and uh, getting co- tests back for contact traces. so we had some of our people um, caught up in isolation for you know up to four weeks, which is really um, hard on them and, and um, impacted on what we're doing at Prestia. We've moved on and we've updated our protocols from there to the point where, as Andrew mentioned, we've got we've got our own testing capability now and we've got enhanced screening um, at the site, so we're able to as people come back from their break. Um, every single person coming back goes through a medical screen um, you know temperature testing um, oxygen saturation levels in blood um, full questionnaire you know where, where have you been have you been with anyone with symptoms etc um, and everyone goes through that before they come into the workplace so now we have started to see some cases at Wassa, but we've in um, every case but one so far we've been able to isolate those people before they come onto the mine site. So the contact trace um, has been much, much smaller. Um, so yeah, that, that's just just the timing of when that's occurred and, and as the protocols have evolved.
4: Okay, thank you, gentlemen. That's all from me.
1: I would now like to turn the call to Andrew Ray for any closing comments. Thank you, Jason. Thanks very much,
2: everybody, for starting in today. Um, We've got to call it a day there and get on with other calls, but um, you've got Michael's contact details and any follow-up questions, please don't hesitate to give us a call. Stay safe and speak soon.
1: That concludes today's conference call and webcast. Thank you for joining and have a wonderful day.